go spread the word. When you get a fresh, hot McCrispy from McDonald's and you can feel the heat coming through the bag, don't try to wait till you get home. Always respect hot chicken. The McCrispy only at McDonald's. Ba da ba ba ba. Hey everyone, before we start getting into Are You Talking REM Re Me? I want to tell you about Lisa. Lisa is an innovative, direct-to-consumer online mattress brand that is also socially conscious. In fact, for every 10 mattresses that Lisa sells, they donate one to a shelter through their 110 program. Not to mention with a patented, universal, adaptive feel, Lisa is designed for all types and every type of sleeper. And right now, Lisa has expanded its offerings to include the Lisa pillow, blanket, foundation, and frame. Now, you can try a Lisa mattress in your own home for 100 nights, risk-free, available in the U.S., U.K., Canada, and Germany online with free shipping. This 100% American-made mattress ships compressed in a box right to your door. Or you can try it at the Lisa Dream Gallery in Soho, NYC, and Virginia Beach, and over 80 West Elm stores nationwide. Get $125 off and a free pillow when you go to lisa.com slash R-E-M, L-E-E-S-A dot com slash R-E-M. From Chronic to Collapse Town in Denau, respectively, that is. This is Are You Talking REM Re Me? The comprehensive and encyclopedic compendium of all things REM. This is good rock and roll up music. Good rock and roll up music. 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 Music! Music uh, is fun! According to my calculations, it's music. <laughs> I have put this through the musicometer and determined... And the result is music! Ding, ding, ding! Music alert! Um, welcome back to the show for another week. Uh, I want to say hello to all my fans. I want to say hello to all my friends. I, I'm happy to see that you've picked up on this habit, Scott. Doesn't it feel good? Doesn't I, it feel good? It feels really good. Yeah. I've ignored them up till now. I want to say hello to my family. And most of all, yeah, Adam. Yeah. I want to say hello yeah. to, to God. Oh. Okay. He's looking down at us and he approves of this show. This is the official podcast of God, by the way. Oh. Okay. We have new sponsorship. Oh. God is starting to sponsor this podcast. How does God say get he, in touch with you? He just wants to get – well, I mean he speaks to me uh, on the wall. They're basically writing on the walls and uh, messages from heaven. I do not see any writing on these walls. It's all around you right now. Have you ever – this is a serious question. By the yeah. way, I'm Scott. This is Scott across hi, from hi, me from hi, Scott. This is, hey, we're talking about our okay, Hi, everybody. Hello. Hi, everyone. Blah, blah, blah. We're going to be talking about life's rich pageant yeah, during yeah. the show today. Et cetera, et cetera. Et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Have you ever known – Anyone who's legitimately crazy. Oh, yeah, sure. Like, I don't mean crazy like all actors are a little bit nuts. Mm -hmm. I don't know what you're talking about there, but uh, <laughs> sure, yeah, crazy, yes. Like legitimately Like bonkaroonie? Yeah, like get me a rubber room. Oh, oh. You know? 
Okay. Yes. What's their name? I, I cannot cannot divulge that, that information. This is Santa Cruz buddy. Is this a no? I actually I don't. I'm not really sure if I if if you're really asking seriously, Scott, and I think you are. I'm gonna say I don't know. I don't know. We're all a little. I bit have of, a feeling that I do, and I have, but I don't know. It's hard to tell, you know, because it's hard to tell. truly crazy people do not think they're crazy. Therefore, it's, it we takes all, a while. We all wear masks, don't we? Oh, you In said life. It. You said it. That's and why I chose this occupation. It's taking on and putting back on, taking off, putting on, taking off, and then mm-hmm. again, putting on. It's a lot of busy work. Masks. You're really into the busy work. Do you like mask work? There is nothing. Do you like putting on a mask? Oh, I there's yeah. nothing better to me, though, at the end of a long day at work, yeah. coming home, and yeah. the minute you slam that door behind you, just dropping all pretense and having just a frown on your face. Yeah. <laughs> and just being like, fuck. And just knowing. Just knowing everyone, all the shit you had to put up with and smiling and, oh, God, just now you can just relax and just scowl at everyone, including and, my wife. And, and just coming to terms with the fact that we're all doomed. We're all going to hell. Yep. Is what God wanted me to say. We're all going to die. We're all going to die. We're all worm food when you yeah. think about it. Yeah, Hey, worms got to eat. <laughs> oh, man. You really uh, put a point on that one. Mm-hmm. Dotted the I's, crossed the T's. Adam, what's the saddest you've ever been? Sure. Um, I've been sad. I mean, I think we all have been sad. That's part of the human condition. That's ever, part of being a person. P e r s o n. P e r r s o n. Did you? Do you ever? No, there's one. Only one R in there. P e r s o n. Sure, you're mistaken. Nope. Do you? Do you ever get so sad and you're like, oh my god, I bet I could do a dramatic scene right now. Call, call the cameras. Get That's them right. over here. That's right. I have a camera crew on call. On call for whenever you're sad. Uh, there's a red phone in my house. You just get a close-up. You're yep. against a green screen. Yep. And like, you just start bawling. If I'm watching E.T. with my fam, family. Mm-hmm. Sure. And uh, extraterrestrial. E.T. the extraterrestrial. With uh, your family. With my fam, Illy. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is IRL, by the way. This is in real life. In real this life, is... IRL to the max. Why are you watching E.T. with your family? We do it every night. Every night at the at dinner table. 730 at 7.30 at really? the dinner table, we watch E.T. projected up onto our neighbor's house across the street. <laughs> sure. Do they like that? They that... hate it. <laughs> They've tried to get a restraining order against, against our a entire projector? family. Against how, a projector? How could you even? That's not, well, the projector impossible. is a man. Oh, and he shoots light okay. out of his mouth. Oh, and got it's it. exclusively E.T. the extraterrestrial. No wonder. Okay, this yeah. all makes sense now. So anyway, if we're watching E.T. with my fam Illy, and that uh, part where Peter yeah. Peter Coyote, yep, who by the way Neil Campbell, you know Neil Campbell, uh, mm-hmm. uh, he he tipped me off to the fact that Peter Coyote and Dick Wolf have very similar names. Like their first name <laughs> sounds like a penis. <laughs> And their last name is a wild. Don't you wish animal. Dick Wolf's those those names were reversed? <laughs> Wolf Dick, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. or Coyote Peter. <laughs> um, Anywho, but that that part where Peter Coyote yeah. uh, E.T. gets away from him, it's so sad. Yeah, especially at the beginning, before we know it's Peter Coyote, and you just see the keys jangling. Mm-hmm. That makes me very very upset. It makes me tear up just and when I see those. So keys. right when that happens, I pick up the red phone. 
mm-hmm. and I give the code word. Mm-hmm. I can't say What's, what it you is. You can't say what it is. Okay, no. but you do have a code word. It's, just so just so people know burglars haven't broken into your house and are making you call up the camera crew. Yeah. No matter what you say, I'm not going to tell you what the code word is. Right, right. The code word is? Bellflower. Bell, bellflower. Bellflower. I say that into the phone, and the camera crew arrives. Bellflower. And they start filming. Bellflower. I have a green screen there, so we can just sh- shove it just in. Drop it in. Just yeah. drop it into Big Little Eyes 2. They're yep. still lying. That's right. They keep lying, these people. Yeah, they won't stop. Why do they call them Big Little Eyes? That's, don't, well, they, don't they realize that's an oxymoron? Like, they're either big or they're little. Yeah, I think that I think I think they're aware of that, Scott. No, are you sure someone I hasn't brought this up to them? I think they might because uh, if someone were to bring it up to them, they might go to HBO and go, "Can we ch- retroactively no, no, change no, 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 this no, no. title?" I think, I think they know what they're doing. I think they know what they're talking about. I think they know what the title means. What do, and to you, what does it mean? Who do you play on that? Jim, I bet. No, it's not. His name's not Jim. <laughs> who is who is this guy that you play? Ed. <laughs> Ed. Do you ever, do you ever get a script? Jim in a way. Do you ever get a script? Yeah. And you read it and you're like, man, this is so good. Yeah. But do I have to play a guy named Ed? I, I say every role I play, I always try and get the name changed. That's my first, the first thing I do. Because it shows dominance to the director, yeah, no, doesn't it? It's a power it? move that works every time. It's never, I've so never So you changed had... it to Ed? Yeah. I, I and what was it originally? Who was your character? Edward. Originally? Edward. Yeah. It's a good change. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good well, it move. shortens it. It's, it's weird, though. It's, like, so strange to be an actor and be like, I'm Ed. Like, yeah. how, how can you be believable saying I'm Ed? Because when you wake up in the morning, you refer to yourself only as Ed. <laughs> and you make mirror. Naomi and your children call you Ed? Yep. They get it. There's a post-it on their door when they wake up They in get the morning, their sides. <laughs> and they, they get their sides, and they know that for the rest of the day. Hello, Daddy Ed. I love you. Yeah. If they say Daddy, they get sent back to their room. <laughs> Ten minutes, they come back out, mm-hmm. and they have to uh, call me by my name. My name Ed. My name is... My name is... Hi. My name is... Hi. Ed. It's so strange. Remember when Elton John and Eminem had that duet at the Grammys? And they held hands? Yeah. Yeah. That Remember cool. that? Those two cool dudes. Yeah, it was a ama- it was a big moment for uh, our nation. <laughs> it truly was. It's a demarcation point oh, before yeah. and after. Oh man, it's like BC and AD. Yep. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Eighty yeah, miles. Yeah. yeah. Eighty miles and, <laughs> and uh, uh, British Columbia. British Columbia. Um, we're talking about REM here on the show, and we have and, and we have been that that is there yeah. is no disputing that we have been talking about REM yeah. in every episode. Yeah. Right. No, you can't. If you, you cannot say. If Guinness Book of World Records were, they were taking a, a, a tally. Of and I hope people, they do. I hope yeah, they do. Podcasts this. who have not talked about REM. I ho- we would I'm lose. Hold their feet to the fire, Mister Guinness, and please make that tally, Mrs. Guinness. Oh, so is it a Mrs. It's now? Mrs. Guinness. Is it the same? Is it the beer company that yeah. makes? It's the same people. Yeah, they keep track of all the crazy shit that happens in the world, and they make frosty beer that's so weird that they would do both things i, I know mean, is one a side project yeah which one the beer the beer is the side project you would think it'd be the world records right it's not the world records are more important and more profitable than the beer i bet those are really profitable oh yeah. man you don't find people talking about the guinness book of world records all that much these days well, like remember when we were... haven't been hanging out with me enough that's all i talk about <laughs> really <laughs> Do you remember when we were kids? We were like, kids. This guy has a thousand cigarettes in his mouth. <laughs> Who gives a shit? Yeah. 
No, but it was a big thing. Like it was, it was a big reference point of like call the Guinness Book of World Records. It's it kind of still is with kid. Like, do they really still talk about it? Like, yeah. how is Guinness getting out there and marketing and how same uh, the same book just that word comes out every year? They come out with a book still every oh, year. Oh yeah, it's not. A, is it a website or is it a? I don't. I don't know, but I know that we every couple of years we get another Guinness. You book get of World another Records. book. Yeah. Would you get that book if you didn't have kids? No. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely not. And do the kids flip through it and go, "Oh man, I'm." Yeah. Do, do they have aspirations? We, we go through it and look at the guy with all the cigarettes in his. It's <laughs> they all still the same have that guy. Shit. They it's still have there. the same oh, guy yeah. in there. The tall guy, still the same tall guy. Is anyone? I mean, is anyone? Ch- do they come out with a new edition and be like, "Extra, extra"? Guess what? Man fits more cigarettes. Well, finally, it's, it's like new ones. Like man is on the internet for eighteen days without stop. Some you know, there's new kind of. I mean, I've done one. Technically, my internet has been hooked up for 18 days at least. You could come up with a Guinness, a world record for yourself. I, I do know some people who have sent them to Guinness like, hey, what about this? And right. they're constantly turned down of like, no, that's not oh, something really? we're going to cover. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. I don't know. Um, it, I mean, I guess we could set be we could set a world record for the longest anyone's talked about the Guinness Book World Records in twenty years. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right here on this show, I feel like we've been talking about them more than REM this show, which yeah. is crazy yeah. to think about because yeah. we we talk about REM so much. Yeah, um, that's what this show is. We talk about REM. We we give you everything you need to know, uh, and we're going disc by disc. And when I say disc, yeah, I'm talking. Those old-timey platters. That's oh, right. yeah. Long players. Vinyl. Vinyl. The that, old delicious V. Did you like that show Vinyl yeah. on HBO? The Yes. Yeah. Mm. I didn't see it. <laughs> Sorry. No, I you did have not that, see it. You have that, per, that thing that we do in the business where you have to say that you liked something yeah. before you can even really but process I, I it. Was, I was still trying to land what show you were talking about, and mm-hmm. then I remembered, and then I realized I had not seen it. Mm-hmm. I like that punk band in there. Oh, man. Was there a punk band on the show? <laughs> yeah, Mick Jagger's son played. Like, I, I, I want to say it's something as stupid as, like, the nasty boys, uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, basically like the or the Sex Pistols, yeah, the, sp- they were. the spitting teens oh, okay. or something like that. Yeah, right. that's uh, that was Scorsese. Scorsese, top five Scorseses. Oh, are we doing? Is this an episode of I Love Films? I believe so. Hey, welcome to I Love Films. This is Scott. And this is Scott. And we're talking about films we love, and specifically the masters. Yeah, Scorsese. Coppola. Coppola. How do you say, like, break it down. How do you say it? Ka. Just say ka. Ka. Okay. There, I said it. And then now say p. p. Oh. Oh. And then as as if you're singing la-di-da. Okay. Let me, la. try, let me try it all together. Ka. Oh, Ladida. That's it. I've done it. That was easy, right? I've done it. Apocalypse Now. Yes. Oh. This is the end. I get a cold sweat on the back of my neck. You're just doing that. (laughs) Are you okay? Yeah. I think I might throw up. (laughs) The Godfather. The Godfathers. Um, Part three. Top five Scorsese's. Top five Scorsese's. Uh, well, you got to put Goodfellas in there somewhere. Right? It's got to be in there somewhere. Great film on the list of films That's that he's a film. That to me is like 
he look, let's be honest, he made a lot of movies. Sure, he's made movies. He's made hey, movies. we've all made movies. Hey, we've all been in movies. Yeah. And several of them. Yes. But have we made films? Exactly. Exactly. What when does it transcend into film? Is it just shooting on film? That's the mystery, Scott. No one knows. It's so interesting. Have you ever seen a movie? Uh, Scorsese to me, the uh, that that last one that he did with the train, Hugo, Hugo, yeah, yeah. It's about a little boy and it's yeah, about yeah, a train yeah. station, but it's almost about the power of film. Yeah, no, itself. I think I think that I think you picked up on a subtlety in the film. It's very subtle. It, he was talking about the language of film and how it affects people and how he, it translates to it's childhood. It's like a love story to film. Uh, yeah, in a way it is. In a way, did you say did you say and see Shape yeah. of Water? I have not seen That's that. That's a love story to film as well. Oh, I can't oh, wait. Oh, the movies. I can't wait. I love film. The experience. Film. The darkened theater. A bunch of strangers. Although when I go see a film, I prefer to rent out the theater and have fill it with friends. Fill it with friends. Yeah. That's just every time you go see a film every it's single expensive. time. It's what I like to do. I love film. So I would say good, good fellas. Good, good fellers. I would say, of course, taxi driver. Mm, beep beep, honk honk. Hey, get out of my way! I'm walking here. Yep, so good. Uh, the rage of the bull. The rage, rage cage of the bull. Rage cage. I uh, love that movie. King of comedy. <laughs> love it. So good. Is that five movies? That's five. Okay. There we go. Minus what one. about you, bro? The Aviator. Yeah. Is that because I'm sitting here with you? That's because of my, my buddy right here was Loving in it. it. I would have put that on there too on my list, but it would have been a little, a little nah, self-centered. Yeah. But when you work with a director like hey, you got to put him on the list. Marty. Do, did you ever get to call him Marty? First day. First day First day, did you walk up to him and go, Hey, Marty, and then I, you kick his ass just I, to, like, I prove called, dominance. I called him the Marts. He loved it. They tell you that when you go work on a film, find the biggest guy in there. Mm-hmm. Put him down. And yep. that way everyone respects you. Everyone respects you, and they do what you say. So you just kicked Martin Scorsese's ass, and then everyone had to take your I orders. I just called him the Marts, and I asked him to get me a cup of joe, mm-hmm. you know? And then everyone respected me. I started ordering people around and That's everyone great. loved it. That's great. Everyone loved, loved it. it. Loved everyone it. loves it when an actor arrives on set and orders people around. Yeah, and starts complaining. <laughs> yeah, they love it. They love it. Had several uh, experiences And I can like say that. as a producer, mm-hmm. I love it. Because you've segued into producing. I produce Isn't that right? now. Yeah, sure. Yeah, That's yeah, so yeah, interesting yeah. because as an actor- It's funny you brought that up. You're That's not cool. in control of your material a lot of times. Yeah, so it's yeah, very right. smart of you to get into producing. Thank you. Yeah, and what I have you, love and it. And you've produced what? Ghosted? I produced that. I produced hmm. some films. Some films, like yeah. the one where you show your actual penis the overnight. Yeah, it's a prosthetic, but yeah. No, it's not what you told Scott, me. Scott, Scott. It's not what you look told at me. me. I'm looking right look at you. at me. Oh, like look at you. Yes, it's a prosthetic. You're shaking your head hey, no while you no. say this. No, 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 no. You're winking while you say this. Look, I get it. You don't want people to know it's your real piece. So the aviator is the only one on your list. That's all five. Aviator, 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 aviator. All the different cuts. <laughs> yep. Every, yeah, the work print. 
his, wow. his, it's crazy that you saw this. I, Marty, uh, I was working on Shark Tale at the time uh-huh. with him, and he uh-huh. just invited me in. Uh-huh. That's great. <laughs> That's right. He was a voice in Shark Tale. That's right. He and uh, Bobby D. Bobby D. We got him to record at the same time, which was not did something you really? DreamWorks ever did. Yes. They recorded together? Everyone recorded separately on every DreamWorks film, and they and they were like, no, 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 we don't do people together. And we were like, come on, it's these two. Let's get them together. So every scene you see of them together, they're like overlapping dialogue and talking. Because oh, that's so cool. We did it together. That's cool. And this has been I Love Films. Great app. That's one of our longer apps we have yeah. ever done. We really got into it. We really were... Uh, I mean, we talked about everything there. We did. I really do love The Aviator. Did you like I thought it was that good. movie for real? Yeah. yeah. I thought it was interesting. I didn't really know anything about um, – what was your character's name? Johnny Meyer. <laughs> He's a real guy. Yeah, I know. It's, everyone in that is a real yeah. guy, right? Yeah. It's, it's like you're bragging, so. hey, I was in a biopic, and guess what? I played a real guy. No, I know, but there are some characters in some of those movies that are They're like – composite characters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, yeah. Did you – Did you? Uh, uh, is, he's not still alive, is he? He is not. He died in the 70s on the side of a road, apparently, under mysterious circumstances. Which circumstances? He was kind of a skeezy dude. He was he was kind of held the same position for Aristotle Onassis for the later period in his life, like hmm. the right-hand man, the kind of – Greasy, kind of greasy. You pronounce it greasy. Greasy. Hmm. Easy. Greasy. Greasy. So it'll go down easy. Do, uh, what were the circumstances? Was he naked? Was he alone? Was he? Afraid? He was changing a tire and and died under mysterious. Some say heart attack. It, it's weird. It's hard to find not anything mis- on the guy. I mean, it's not mysterious if he had a heart attack. I actually wrote the um, the Aviator? Department of Justice under Freedom of Information Act to try and get some information about him. And two years after we shot the movie, I got a giant box of documents in the mail from the Department of Justice. Did you do that? Is that is that your normal process, or is that like, oh, I'm wor- working with Marty, I gotta like step my game up, or is that just like I can tell Martin Scorsese this and have him think that I did some some <laughs> right. work? Well, it's it was playing a real person. You kind of want to try and mm-hmm. get information, right? But isn't everything you need to know? there in the script if the writing is good you know where everything is here and here you're pointing at your penis again <laughs> i don't know why <laughs> i don't understand why you here keep doing this and here at each one of my balls <laughs> we're talking about rem i was pointing at my heart and my head because that's where it all lies is it the the life of an actor, you're yeah, constantly yeah, 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 yeah. D- yes. playing yes. other people. Let me just, just say yes. Just already yes. Yes. Okay, to great. everything. <laughs> Do you feel like you nailed that guy? What's his name? Johnny Johnny Grease? Johnny Meyer. Do you think you nailed it? When you look back at a life on screen, yeah. do you say like, you know what? Yeah, I did this. I did it. You know, some, some films were good. Some were bad. But Johnny Meyer? Nailed it. Nailed it, bro. <laughs> Always, that's what I say. The, my my, imp- I only saw it once, but my impression of you is you were in a tuxedo at a big party scene. Is that is that accurate? I was in a variety of tuxedos at a in a variety of it was it was the Coconut Grove in a cup a few different decades at mm. these. And do, were you aging at all? Were you putting on like makeup yeah. or anything like that? What were you doing? A little bit, yeah. Did you did you have old age makeup put on you? Yeah, I think so. I'm did, trying to remember. Did you look old? Not old. It was only like 
a 20-year jump and we were still relatively young people. What if, like, in the early scenes you were playing normal and then when you got to the set for the 20 years later scenes, you were like, excuse me, Mr. Hughes. (laughs) And Martin Scorsese is like, Adam, uh, can I talk to you for a second? (laughs) Um, Mr. Hughes, it's your (laughs) old friend. I bet you barely recognize me. Johnny Meyer. I think I'll try to change a tire later today. That would have been hilarious. Would have been fun. It's fun to play pranks like that. And then you turn to Marty and you're like, Marty, can I tell you something? Hey, Marks, <laughs> told ya. You've been had. It's a true Nikki Fink told ya situation. Oh, good stuff. Great I'm, stuff. I'm going to be stuff. in one of those Martin Scorsese films one day. Yep. And that's, a, I guarantee you that. Oh, and okay. You, and I'm going to win an Oscar. Oh, Jesus. Okay, great. I guarantee. For acting for, in a Martin Scorsese Yes, movie. for acting. Oh what God. else would I win an no, Oscar for just, in a Martin Scorsese? I, He's directing. Okay. What else do you think I'm going to do? Okay. I, listen, I believe you, and I encourage you to start laying the groundwork for getting there. Startling. I've started, okay. bro. Okay. I'm post-groundwork at this point. Fine. I'm, You're, like, ready for him to pluck me out of obscurity. You are on your way to achieving this. Yeah. Okay. Great. I would say, in fact, in fa- here's my promise to you. Yeah. His next film. Whoa. I'm going to be in, and I'm going to win an Oscar. Whoa. Okay. Whatever his next you film is. Heard it here f- first, folks. <laughs> this is happening. This is a first folks experience. First folks. Mm-hmm. FF. <laughs> um, speaking of FF, we don't want you to fast forward uh, through our commercials because nice. we have to take a break. Yeah. Um, when we come back, we're going to be talking about life's rich Pageant, which is the next uh, uh, album? Yeah, album, album. Album, album. Album. Alb. You call them, in the music industry, they call them albs. Albs, got it. This is the next, we're going to be talking about Life Stretch Pageant, the next alb. We'll be right back with more Are You Talking R.E.M. Remy. Hey, 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 podcast fans. I know you're a fan of podcasts because you're listening to one. Well, Spotify is making it easy for you to stream this podcast and many others like it, although there really aren't a lot of podcasts like this. Maybe you talking you two to me. I don't know. But if you want to stream any podcast you want, you can do it on your mobile device your desktop app, and your smart speaker using Spotify. It's so easy. You just open up the app on your mobile device or desktop. You click on the Browse channel, and then click on the Podcast section. Easy peasy. You'll be able to stay thoroughly entertained during your commute to work, during your drive home, and your downtime now, thanks to Spotify. Everyone thanks Spotify. Thank you, Spotify. Welcome back. We are talking about R.E.M. on this show. Scott and Scott. The boys. The guys from down the street. Isn't that (laughs) the name of uh, our first album? The guys from down the street. Um, Someone please make that album cover for us. The guys from down the street. Scott and Scott. Scott and Scott. (laughs) Would it be popular if we put a... uh, And the first single is called This Neighborhood. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and uh, and we're who, we are who we are. You're right. you're an actor, right. 
in movies and yeah. in TV. Yeah. I'm an actor. I've not been in all that much. Yeah. And um and we have this show and we yeah. have our we have our fans yeah. and we and we put out what we would put out as a music album. Yeah. Like just how good we actually are. Yeah. And it's called Scott and Scott. The guys, the guys from, from down, the, the street. down the street. And the first single is This Neighborhood. This neighborhood. Would it be popular? I don't know. <laughs> would it would it win a Grammy? I don't think it would be good, but I think like what if it's Do like you have a, any kind of musical ability? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. Like when you're talking about minor keys and major keys when you're seeking. You don't even fables, know I have no idea what you're talking about. Do you, do you not know what a minor key is? Not the difference? Really. Not really. The di- okay, so a major key is like happy, happy, fun, uh, fun, I know, fun. I, and then minor is like, mm, I know, but fun. I don't know what that means. Okay. It's it's the difference of like one note in the chord. Right. So is, there are is minor down. keys and major keys. <laughs> now you're just fucking with me. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so. So let's uh, let's talk life's about Rich Pageant. Life's Rich Pageant. Let's talk about it. It came out in 1986. It, so one year after Fables, this July twenty July 28th. So exactly one year after, uh, not exactly, <laughs> but roundabout. Yeah, um, roughly uh, 54 weeks or so after Life's Rich Pageant, or sorry, after Fables. Comes out a studio album by R.E.M. July 28th, 1986. Um, it's unbelievable that it's only been a year because this is, sounds like a new band. This is what you had to do, though, back in the days. You had to put out records every year. Yeah. Uh, and otherwise people the would, whole time. Otherwise people would forget about you. Yeah. Um, but I, I, maybe other bands weren't doing this. Well, and that's why they're not successful. Like I don't this, know. Yeah. But maybe the, some of their contemporaries were taking it easy, you know, every once in a while that's or something. That's the thing is that these guys work their asses off. That's why they became They're so little successful. butts. They work their little southern they butts off. They have sweaty butts. Yeah. You work that hard, try not to get a sweaty butt. <laughs> try try to make the, the crack of your ass not have a glistening sheen. Right. Speaking of glistening sheen, you ever watch Two and a Half Men? Yeah, glistens. It's good. Glistens. It's you ever legit- watch West Wing? It's legitimately a good show. Oh, yeah. Are you kidding? Yeah. The West Wing's good, too, but it's yeah, like but legi- two and a half minutes. legitimately good. Like, a lot of people make fun of it. It's legitimately good. It's great. Okay. <laughs> Life's Rich Pageant. <laughs> Life's Rich Pageant. Um, this uh, album was produced by, what's his name? Don what's McGann. His name? Don McGann. Um, who was uh, John Cougar Mellencamp producer. Yeah. And I- wanted to make them sli- sound slightly more commercial. And do you think that their fan base was like, Whoa, 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 Hold the horses. Sure, I like pink houses. Right. Sure, I like R-O-C-K in the USA. But I also like Kahotek, and I don't know about this Don McGann fella coming in and messing with my band. they're so dissimilar. John Cougar Mellencamp. I mean, honestly, it doesn't sound like a John Cougar Mellencamp production to me. It doesn't sound like John Cougar Mellencamp, but there's definitely a clarity, and the drums are big. It sounds like they're ready to play... Some big places. They want to get out of the Santa Cruz Civic Auditorium and maybe go over to the Greek Theater. Which was the – this was the tour, by the way, at the end of which Peter Dollar Bill uh, – excuse me <laughs> – said <laughs> – That is disgusting. <laughs> 
Sometimes I'll stifle it, but you know what? Sure. I feel comfortable hey, man, with you. Let it go. I feel like you and I have the relationship uh, where yeah. I can I can belch around I you, can, and you're not going to judge can me. Burp. I can do anything. I can come in the middle of the show, <laughs> and you're not going to judge me. No, that's great. Um, this was the tour at the end of which Peter Dollar Bill said, hey, we're never going to play um, general admission shows anymore, and we're never going to play places this big anymore. Oh, yeah. And they were <laughs> playing like Greek theater size places, Yeah, right? basically. And they were playing uh, a lot of places where general admission it was getting dangerous yeah. uh, for people, you know, jockey. They were just too big. It was yeah. people jockeying for. Like this, this album, they got pretty big. Like they were ready to take that step to like a top 10 hit after this album. When you go to a general admission show, this, and I just, I just went to one. Recently, I went yeah. to Grizzly Bear, right? Yeah. And it's at this the— general admission? Well, the Wiltern, you know, uh, is like the floor is general yeah. admission now. Um, it fucking really—it sucks, really, right? it su- it sucks yeah. so bad because this is what always happens. I get there 45 minutes early or yeah. whatever, find a nice position. Yeah. And there's someone—and it's not where—it's like I'm, I have a, lo- a lot of room between me and the person yeah. in, that I'm behind. Yeah. You know, I'm usually like right behind someone, and I stake it out. I'm like, "Oh, this will be fun to watch the yeah. show." And then some guy, some guy, right after it starts, comes in, like does that thing, taps stands in front of you, taps you on the shoulder, like, "Hey, I'm just getting by," and then just stands right in front Ugh, of you. It's the worst. I cannot. And ha- ha- have you ever told off the person? No, I've done it one time at Duran Duran at the uh, at the House of Blues yeah. here in L.A. Yeah. Someone did that. And I tapped the shoulder and said, nah, not tonight. Yeah. <laughs> and then. And what did he do? <laughs> they were like, okay, man, sorry. But like, they all know they're doing it. If they're blocking you, they're generally taller than you, right? Aren't you afraid they're going to punch you in the face? No, they're, but that's not, they're not generally t- taller than me. They're just, just like. just someone in It's just, some, just yeah. someone, gen- you know, like yeah. getting right in front of you and going like, oh, this is a cool place to watch the show from. Yeah. No. I do that stuff with my kids. I if someone does that, I'll ask them to move. Really? Yeah. Where are you? Where Where are you with your kids in general admission? God, I don't remember. Like you go to things with your kids, and they're, you're trying to watch. Something and you're just trying to watch something, and, just, and someone plops down right in front. Or of Or even a movie theater. If there's if you're sitting with your kids. So wait, if someone sits in the seat in front of you in a movie theater, you ask them to move. Well, if it's a super tall person. Like who? Like our friend Tall John? Yeah. So if Tall John were to sit down in front of you at a movie theater, you would say, even if it's at a place where they've bought that seat, well, you if, ask them if to move. It's, if there's room and they could, and there's room to move over, sure, mm-hmm. I would ask them. Or if if me switching places with my kid isn't going to improve their view, right. I would ask them to move down one. Sure, sure. It's my kid. It's your kid. Why, why don't you bring like a booster seat or, or like a phone book or something? Why don't you bring a phone book? <laughs> <laughs> Walk and look with up a phone book and look up the number to go fuck yourself. <laughs> okay, this album, Life's Rich Pageant. Do you know what the title is a reference to? Some line in a movie? Yes, the movie A Shot in the Dark, the Inspector Clouseau film. Ah. Uh, Inspector Clouseau uh, opens a car door, falls into a fountain. Someone named Maria, hmm. weird name, says. You should get out of these clothes immediately. You will catch your death of pneumonia, you will. And Clouseau says, yes, I probably will, but it's all part of life's rich pageant, you know? Hmm. And I don't know. I guess they were watching that and said, that's it. That's (laughs) when you hear it, you hear it. Uh, And how about that cover art, Bill Barry? Did Bill Barry do the cover of this? No, that's him. Oh, that's him. Oh, okay. So what are you just saying? You like Bill Barry? Well, I like the cover of the album. It's weird. It's very 
1986 weird. Yeah, it's very art. Uh, it's, a, it's a couple of buffalo running, and then on the bottom half, the top half is the upper half of Bill Berry's face. It's a good face. Yeah, he's a good-looking he's guy. He's got two eyes, the got, hint of a nose. Hint of a nose. He's got an ear. You can see one of his ears. Got hair. Hair. Uh, he, there is it's a, a face. It's a real face. An eye, two eyes. There is a quote from him that I read uh, uh, circa this album where he's saying that um, he doesn't think he'll be in a rock band very much longer, mainly because of his hair falling out when he takes showers. <laughs> Cut to 1997 when he leaves the <laughs> He's band. He's finally leaving, yes, 11 years later. Um, this record, this is my first R.E.M. record yeah, that I so got. so you got into this. <clears throat> I got way into it, but two years later after right. Green came. Because you, you bought um, Document. Document. Then you bought Green. Green. And then you bought the Dead Letter Office, is that right? I got Document, Dead Letter Office, Green, green, then went backwards. And then and you then did Live Switch pageant. Right, right, right. Yeah. This is my first one. I had it again. Uh, previous episodes I've talked about, I had it on tape. I did yes. not have it on record. Yes. But this one, because it's such a pleasurable listening experience all the way through, I wore this tape out. Yeah. I listened to it constantly. Great album. Um, I listened to it a lot this week. Since our last episode, it holds up. Yeah. Every song is and SCC, a Stone Cold classic. Every song? Every song. Okay. Here Let's we go. go Let's go through it. Let's literally begin with Begin the Begin. This is Begin the Begin. This is Begin the Begin. This, this is, is Begin kicking, the Begin. This is, this is Begin the Begin. This is kicking the album off with a bang. Let's hear it now. Big song. Bang! Whoops. <laughs> Got to turn it up. <laughs> Again. Bang! Bang! This is kind of a groove song in a way. Like it's kind of like the a, you know what I mean like of like a they lay down a groove. Yeah, it's it's I mean talk about a departure for this band. I mean it's huge. His voice is a little more front and center. So it's Don Gaiman by the way. It's not Don McGann. Sorry, that was Who's Don McGann? I don't know, but Don Don Gaiman is the What'd you say? Don Gaiman or Gaiman? G E H M A N. G- Gammon. Gammon? Maybe? Don, if you're Gaiman. listening. Let's say Gaiman. Gaiman. Or Gaiman. 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 Don Gaiman. Sure. Um, I mean, this is, I, I love uh, this song, but this is so different than anything they've done. Right? Wouldn't you say? I'd say so, although 
Yeah, I mean, it, it definitely. I I think I said this on a previous episode. I I have a playlist of these early albums that I, that I put on random at one point, and yeah. this song came after something off Murmur, and it sounds very different. It's yeah. like sound. It's it's a very modern sound, but um, I was I was listening to it, going like, well, this is the first one that I listened to, so this is technically the REM song that I or sound rather that I fell in love with. Yeah. So um, it's not that I don't. Uh, as REM progressed yeah. and changed their sound, it's not like I had. I'm like so in love with the early records that anything they did that was more commercial, I was turning against. Right. This is this is the one that I fell in love with. So yeah. this is this is the REM sound to me. Yeah, I mean, and it's also the sound. This and Document is kind of the sound they go back to when they decide to go back to like Basics. rocking a little more. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's more this. They don't than really go monster. back to murmur. Yeah, they don't they don't go back to murmur sound. Right. You know, like what I mean? accelerate and collapse in the now. They go back <laughs> they to They go back like to this. this. Yeah, 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 exactly. Um let's let's go into the next Yeah. Another this is these big days. Can yeah. I say they get to the chorus really quick on that? Yeah, they do. I don't know if that's one of the reasons that this record resonated with me, yeah. but they're getting to the choruses slightly quicker. I think. What is it that's that's so? Di- I mean, the vocals. You can hear what he's saying. You hear what he's saying, but way also more. they're just bigger and clearer. The vocals. It's and probably the drums, mo- it's, right? it's probably what uh, Todd Glass talked about on our stained glass episodes. It's, it's a little more reverb as well. Like it's, <laughs> that's right. It, it is. It sounds like the drums are recorded in a big empty room. Yeah, like, it sounds great. Like with no one around for yeah. miles and miles. No like, one. Like it's basically they went to like Chernobyl or something yep. and recorded the drums there. Yep. And then they they all you know flew. Left. Yeah, they all left. Yeah, they had to be in hazmat suits. The whole <laughs> yeah, time. the entire and, and you got uh, uh, what's his name? You got Dollar Bill. Uh, Strawberry, Bill Berry. I can't remember. <laughs> you, can't, you can't put up the, the pretense having, anymore. Having names for this band is weird because they're they, also they're also norm. They're like yeah, they it's like Ed. They haven't it anointed themselves to to being <laughs> to Bono. And yeah, the yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah that's right. So you're so you're uh, uh, abandoning the. You're uh, abandoning it. No, 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 no. Mm. I, I'll never say that. <laughs> <laughs> so these first two songs, it's really kicking the album off. I mean, I think this is they're, very well sequenced. They're fairly rocking. <laughs> but what do you think about these two songs? I want. I love them. I want to talk about the sequence a little later. Okay. Um, when we when we get into uh, the supper side, aka side two. Right. Um, this is one of the best REM songs ever. Track three, "Fall on Me." Before the weight can leave the air 
get to those choruses. Right Thirty away. seconds in. Thirty yeah. seconds in. They're on the chorus. That I have not realized that until this moment. But that may be one of the reasons why the songwriting was really uh, sticking out to me. I think Don Gaiman. <laughs> I don't know how to say the name. Don Geeman. Just Geeman. Call him Donnie G. Donnie G. I think Donnie G really took them to task for stuff like that. They pro- he probably scolded them a yep. little bit and said, REM, can I talk to you for a second? Spanked them In on the their kitchen? bottoms. <laughs> on their sweaty, sweaty bottoms. But apparently he and Michael Stipe butted heads because he was really telling him, no, I want to know what you're talking about. I want to hear what you're saying and really mm-hmm. – Made him step up and and Michael Stipe was like, "Can I be honest with you? I, it's is, a bunch of fucking this is gibberish. <laughs> <laughs> I I don't know what I'm doing. No, but it really kind of it. He I think he improved as uh, as uh, I had a friend who once said to me that he only listened to uh, records when they had a lot of reverb on them. Like he he hates it when a band." Cleans up their sound uh-huh. a little bit and takes away the re- like. I'll give you a uh, an example would be the Smiths. Um, they in their first three records, I think they had a lot of reverb in there, and yeah. then they and then around the time of Panic and Ask, they get rid of all the reverb and yeah. it's very it straightforward very studio. Yeah, you yeah. know. And my my friend was always like, "That's when I don't like the bands anymore." Is that tall glass? <laughs> it should be, <laughs> but I, I feel like my morning jacket has never gotten rid they do more some of their stuff later on was a little more commercial but i feel like they haven't gotten rid of the reverb entirely yeah. that they do, that they had in their early records but this the the drums on this sound very reverby yeah. but stipe is less reverby if that makes sense he's yeah. more he's more out in the middle of the mix yeah that's true this is cuyahoga this one the the chorus takes a while it, this one takes a while so let's uh it's great stick song. with it classic let's also, this album more overtly political than any of the yes, albums. Yes, this is about the Cuyahoga River, which was a trash river. Chorus here. Well, we don't pre- quite get to the uh, the chorus. Just kind of teasing your teasing your little peen. <laughs> and then not nope. to it. Nope. Sorry, folks. Sorry, folks. Nothing to see to here. Um, let's get to the chorus. I'm going to fast forward if you don't mind. Do you mind? I do not. Here we go. Um, Lots of guitars, too. They're piling the guitars Yeah, a lot of guitar sounds. Now, um, because I had this on tape, I did not uh, study the record. Like, when I would listen to records in my room, when I had them on record, I would pour over the album cover or the liner notes. I would read every name. I would read whatever was on there. Um, The song titles. I know know the song titles of records I have way more than I I do of tapes I had or even CDs I have now. Sometimes I'll hear a song and be like, I don't even know what the title of this is, but I know the song. I didn't know that really the title of this song was Cuyahoga. Uh And so I I couldn't really make out what they were saying either. 
Uh huh. So what did you think he was saying? I thought it was like throw your arms yeah. around me or something yeah. like that. Yeah, I didn't know. I didn't quite know what it was. But um, so when I finally, I think, got it on CD and, and you know, it was like, oh, they're saying Cuyahoga. <laughs> yeah. I don't think I knew what the hell Cuyahoga was or what they were talking and about. And honestly, I didn't care. Me neither. I was I like, you want to talk about the Cuyahoga River? Right. Go fucking have fun with yourself, That's the R. thing M. is these songs all are so catchy and fun that I never gave a shit what they were talking about and found yeah. out later and, and thought if, it was and, cool. And if they had told me what they were about, I would have said, why are you telling me? Yeah. I don't give a shit. Mind your own business. Mind your own business, Arya. Why are you coming over to my house? I'm on the toilet. Explain- <laughs> yeah. I'm taking a massive, massive shit Get right out now. of here. <laughs> Get out of here, Michael. Leave me alone. <laughs> All right. This is Hyena. Uh, second Old song. Yes, an old song. They they uh, w- we have REM uh, concert uh, tapes of them playing this very early on. Yeah, um, this is great, hyena. Yeah, this is good stuff. That's that's a bird. Forty seconds in. Great. So great. Now again, I didn't. I didn't have the title to this, so I thought he was saying "My penis." <laughs> <laughs> My penis. <laughs> no, obviously he's saying "Hyena." Uh, Terrific song. So good. Um, again, it sounds big and a lot of reverb. The mm-hmm. piano there is great. These guys were really just like achieving liftoff, as they say. <laughs> this next song is uh, was not listed on the on the record, really, uh, in the track listing. Uh, it's kind of just a little noodling around for a minute and twenty five seconds. What it's called uh, once the actual CDs and all that came out is "Underneath the Bunker," and it's the one I feel like. Why is this on here? Well, uh, well let's talk about. It. This is where, like, I kind of felt like it makes the album sound bigger and more musically adventurous. Yeah, I mean, I it, think that it, it adds texture yeah. to the album. It does. Um, in this book that I have, the talk about the passion book, the dudes from uh, Camper Van Beethoven, who I guess REM were fans of Camper Van Actually, Beethoven, at that Santa Cruz show, Santa Cruz Civic Auditorium show that I have the poster for. That's the show where. The lead singer Camper Van Beethoven threw their demo up on the stage, and Peter Buck grabbed it. Really, and they and listened, listened to, it. to it, and then so, brought them on tour with them. Brought them on tour with them. Uh, stipend, I guess, called them from a payphone in the desert uh-huh. to say that they that, really uh, like their, that they like the band, yeah. and they were like, uh, "We don't think this is you." Yeah, and then they they finally did. But what uh, they the Camper Van Beethoven people are like, well, they've never admitted it, but this song is sort of a rip off of us. Um, really. And uh, it's it's a uh, 
it sounds like a camper van Beethoven song, and it's cool. They they and they're not mad. They're like, oh, I see. They're like, it's cool that they sort of jacked our sound and did it this. It kind of does sound a little like. Um, and then the book, the author of the book, puts in a note saying like, it definitely sounds like camper van Beethoven, <laughs> which is a little bit of editorializing from the book guy. That's funny. It does. Um, it does sound like they're like early record that first yeah my beloved revolutionary sweetheart is that their first I record i can't remember i god that was great why don't i have that um because you're a fucking idiot you're right so that's the end of side one that is the end of the dinner side as they call it um the next side is the supper side and we will get to it after a break um this is more of what we've been doing this is are you talking rem Remy will be right back after this. Yeah, my beloved revolutionary. Our Shut boy. up. We're going to a break. Oh, sorry. Hey, everyone. How's it going? Um, here at Earwolf, we are working hard to bring you the best comedy podcasts of all time. And we would like to know, how are we doing? How are we doing? Please go to takemysurvey.net. That's takemysurvey.net. And tell us. Tell us how we're doing. It's a short survey with a few questions about Earwolf. Once you've taken the survey, you can enter to win a $100 Amazon gift card. But more importantly, you'll be really helping us out. I think the $100 gift card is more important than the helping us out. Honestly. So I'm going to disagree with this copy. This is a new survey if you've taken one before. It's just about Earwolf. So if you've taken one of our other surveys, disregard all of those. For uh, Get one of those men in black neuralizers and just forget that you ever took it. Take this survey instead. One more time. That's takemysurvey.net. Welcome back. Are you talking to R.E.M. Remy? We are talking about life's rich pageant. No apostrophe in life's. That's right. <laughs> because they say that there has never been a um, good album title with an apostrophe in it. Is that? Do they say that? Yes. Hmm. Um, can you think of... Do the Beatles ever have an apostrophe in... Uh... Abby's Road. <laughs> Oh, Abby's Road. Um, uh, so can I just jump yeah. in here for a sec? Thanks. Yeah, you're the fucking yeah. only other person in the room. Um, I expect you to jump in. Camper Van Beethoven oh, boy. Uh, got back together in like the early aughts and put out a bunch of records. Did I know this? I did I don't not know. know this. I don't know what you know you don't or care. what you don't you know. I don't care. Um, I saw them, Camper Van Beethoven. I saw them at the Universal Amphitheater in a K-Rock uh, holiday show, I believe. Were they um, awesome? I they, were they were pretty awesome. good, yeah. And uh, I saw it with this girl that I was uh, into who we were listening to the B-52s, another Athens band, yeah. on the way there. Um, and uh, they had just put out their big um, their big record that had their, their big uh, Love Shack song on it and I was singing along and much because I don't know lyrics I think when they go tin roof rusted I said like plin ploof busted or whatever yeah. I thought it was she's like oh no actually uh, you're that's, stupid first of all <laughs> well this it's normally if someone were to correct you you would feel embarrassed or whatever and maybe I did feel embarrassed but she did it in such a nice way she's like oh no I'm from the south and that's a, that's an expression that we use in the south tin roof rusted 
Really? Yeah. What's the what does it mean? I don't remember because I stopped listening to her after she corrected me. After cool. she dared. <laughs> like we're finished. <laughs> and we were. But you and me, we're done. <laughs> we're done here. Get out of your car. <laughs> Um, Life's Rich Pageant, 1986. I'm about to be a junior in high school. I listened to this my entire junior year. I just had received my driver's license when this record came out. Oh, look out. Just a few weeks earlier. I had received my driver's license. And again, this was a tape that I played continuously um, as I would drive back and forth from my silly little errands. We're getting to side two, which is the supper side. Now, this is something I wanted to bring up. Yeah. Okay, because I had it on tape. Yep. And because when you had a tape deck in your car, it would you, – you didn't have to eject it and, and re-put the tape in re-put, by, the, yeah. by the time that, that, that I had this record. It would just play one side and then do an automatic reverse and play the other side yeah. back and forth. So I – and because the REM, uh, when they would put out records, we've talked about this on previous episodes, they sometimes would be confusing about what side was side one, what side was side two. Yep. Sometimes even, I believe on this record, they listed the songs out of sequence they on did. the record. Yes. On, on the record, it was all out of sequence. It's track one, five, ten, eight, two, seven, four, nine, three, eleven. Why did And they it do leaves that? out Superman. <laughs> And it do- and it doesn't mention underneath the bunker. Um, I don't know why they would do it to, but if it, if they wanted the effect of like, hey, listen to it in whatever order you want to listen to it in, yeah. it had that effect on me because I will say I will tell you that I probably my entire life until I got it on CD, I had a different opinion of where the record started. Did you think Flowers of Guatemala was the no. first song? I thought I believe track eight was the first song. Isn't Flowers of Guatemala the, the first start song? of a side? But because I had a tape deck that was just automatically going uh, back and forth, I never knew where a side would end or oh, be. Weird. So my impression of the record is it went track eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, and huh. and that track eight was the first start of a side, and that this this track, which is the beginning of side two, was the last track on the album. Weird. Yeah, it is weird, but it's but listen to it in that order. Still a good album, and it's it's and it's great. Anyway, this is uh, Flowers of Guatemala, which is the start of side two. Forty-five seconds in, getting to do it a little quicker. Really pretty song. Very pretty. I in my mind when I was listening to it, I was I remember, and this is a vivid memory to me. I remember trying to figure out what the sides were and thinking to myself, "This can't be the first song on a on a side." Because yeah. back then, um, 
when you would listen to a record, they would always try to make the first song on each side of a record be like one of the a bigger big, yeah, hits yeah, yeah. or like a big like, yeah. hey, this side yeah. is – so I was like, this can't be the first – song on the side so but it was this is probably the last song on the record but it was it was the first one really pretty one and kind of a bit of a harbinger for harbinger harbinger no a harbinger (laughs) yeah a harbinger no i'm just kidding um (laughs) a uh i know you're correct about a harbinger am i because we're both looking at each other kind of confused should we look it up (laughs) no you're right oh okay you are i'm I'm. I was that's picturing those, it as a word reading on a piece of paper. That's one of the, uh, there. I have so many words that I have read, like in you know, growing up in books or comics or whatever. Yeah. I remember Harbinger was one that uh, there was a character in the DC universe during Crisis on Infinite Earths called Harbinger. Yeah, and I was like, who do you ask at the time? Who do you ask? Yeah. Of like, how do you pronounce something like that? I remember telling someone they're full of shit, and they all they were saying was hyperbole. <laughs> that well yeah i mean segway is another one that i i always thought that word was seg and so when i would read it i would it would seg and but i thought the word was seg plus the word way uh-huh. so almost like how they um did the actual machine segway but yeah. um it, it's one of those things where like growing up there's no internet when we're kids so, so there are words that i'm still mispronouncing and and to be honest harbinger might be one of them i'm gonna look it up right now what when you, i get really nervous i have i i get a little i i have a problem reading somewhere if i'm really nervous I, like when you're acting or when you or like at table reads i like mm-hmm. i said it, at a table read a couple of years ago i said conspicuous instead of conspicuous <laughs> and what did people say uh the, they said Adam? the guy, the guy uh, next to me are you james, dumb james, it was big little lies table read because i was so fucking nervous <laughs> and james tupper is really sweet guy he was like uh that's conspicuous i was like yes conspicuous <laughs> uh that's got is that like one of your top like embarrassing moments in yes. acting yeah because it's because you're you're like doing this prestige and, television yeah, and show. I was, I was just w- worried about <laughs> oh, how you're coming acting. off. Yeah, yeah, I wasn't making oh. sense of the actual words. Oh, that's so. That's a nightmare. Yeah, I felt uh, like I got dyslexia just for. You felt um, dumb. <laughs> I felt, it well, is har- it is harbinger. Is it a, is harbinger. By the way, it is right. Yeah. Um, but f- flowers of Guatemala. Uh, Kind of is a harbinger for everybody hurts strange yes. currencies. These, These songs pretty that songs come later. Yes, this is the next song on the side, and this is what I believed is track one of the record. This is I believe my favorite song. This is like a classic REM song. This is me on the. This is you yeah. playing banjo. Peter Coyote. Yep. Coyote's Peter. What you want and what you need. 
Give me that chorus. Here it comes. Does not get better than that. So that good. That is such a good melody. Unbelievable. I guess I assumed when I was listening to it that the record that that the banjo at the top was like a that's good a, way to start a record of that like a good, that's a almost like the opener. queen is dead how it starts with like you know when a record starts with dialogue like a wu-tang album uh-huh. or something yeah. you know like i i just figured like oh that must be the opening track it's you know like it's it's almost a statement of intent of like yeah. you know banjo yeah. this is us before and now big rock it's amazing how classically rem that sounds but how different it is from anything that had come before right and that sounds like Fourth uh, of July weekend, drinking a beer and sitting on a cooler. Music. Were you dr- drinking a beer in 1986? No, but if I what's was, the, what's the, that's uh, the song I would listen what's to. What's the first alcoholic drink you ever took? Do you remember it? it, it a beer, I'm sure. You you don't even remember what it was? Well, I had sips of my dad's beer when I was a kid. Mm. Didn't you like have a? No, my dad didn't. My parents didn't really drink. Uh. So, but your dad would be like sipping a beer, and he'd go, "Hey." I'd say, Here can I have go. a sip of that? And he'd, really? He'd, yeah. What a cool dad. Yeah. He's he's a cool dude. He's a cool dude? Really? Oh, I'd yeah. Love he's to meet him. The coolest. Can you bring him by? Yes. He's the smartest guy you'll ever meet. Really? I promise you. Yes. Like, what's in what way? Does he know how to pronounce Harbinger? Nope. Or Conspicuous? Nope. <laughs> he doesn't Neither. know those. Neither. <laughs> okay. That's why I I had that tr- the problem with that. Because he, uh, um, this is the next song. This is What If We Give It Away. <laughs> Oh, I love this. On the outside, underneath the wall, all the money couldn't. Great. It's never, it was never one of my favorites on the album, but that chorus is just. I great. love it. I love it. That's uh, maybe the clearest his lyrics have ever sounded. But the two of them singing together on that chorus is beautiful. Yep. Great. Some good shit. Some good shit. It's it's strange how they they put out a record that uh, did well, but kind of ate shit. Uh, they didn't like it. Yeah. Uh, someone in this book. By the way, this book. Uh, this is the time period where the book becomes pretty useless, where it's all just people talking about like their various experiences backstage at a concert. Right, like I none know. of them have access to I the know. band anymore, and they're all just like kind of talking right. about but this is when they get big and they're yeah, all, like, and they're all just like, yeah. eh, this is around when I stopped liking them, or right. yeah, I went to one show and there were a bunch of dudes. Isn't there a story in there about some guy that gets pissed off because 
they take the, his backstage passes away or something? Something like that. Or, and then there's another person who's like, oh, they finally gave me a laminate. You know, it's right. all stories like that. Right. You know? But it is it is interesting where they um, – someone says that they, they asked Peter Dollar Bill about uh, Fables when it came out. And he's like, I don't like it. Yeah. <laughs> um, but they, they came – a lot of bands that would be like, fuck, what are we doing? And instead, this band comes back with uh, – a record where every song is like incredibly written. And this is like their war. This is them like they f- they felt what it felt like to fuck up a little bit, and, and so they're like, okay, we better maybe I don't I don't know what's in their head, or or maybe they. Well, just, I know fables. They came close to breaking up. Yeah, and so th- they needed to focus up and figure out what they're doing. And right, and it's just is. a year later. It's or just like 13, 13 months later. It's crazy. Um, this is just a touch. Another old song. This is great. So good. Reminds me sort of wind out a little bit. Yeah, um, sure. One of their just classic, like super fast, yeah, on speed songs. <laughs> yeah, totally. Like the early days on speed mm-hmm. touring in a van. Uh, but this is sped up. I think they used. They oh, really? Kind of mixed it with. What do they call that when bit. they uh, increase the tempo? Increase the speed. Uh, oh, there's a name for it where it, like because like there's a Bruce Springsteen on um, the river. I think Hungry Heart or something is uh-huh. slightly sped up. You know where they literally speed up the finished record. Oh, and it's really? slightly sped. Yeah, it's ver- veritone, I believe, or something like that. They did that to Billy Joel's first record. Yeah, it's all slightly sped up, yeah. where his voice sounds slightly higher yeah. than it should. And some Smiths records are just slightly sped up as well. Huh. Um, this is Swan Swan H. Swan Swan Hummingbird, hurrah! We're all free now. Noisy cats are we, girl and dog, he bore us cross. Swan, swan, hummingbird, hurrah, we're all free now. Long, low time ago, people talked to me. Johnny Reb, what's the price of fans? Forty. Captain, don't you want to buy some bone chains and toothpicks? Night, yeah, great. It's That's great. one of those songs that doesn't really have a verse, chorus, verse kind of structure, it just starts yeah. with the chorus, and it's like a I don't know, it's like, it's like losing a, my religion, like a sea and, shanty, yeah, in a way, like almost. Um, so once so I, I know I remember that Mike Mills and either Mike Mills or Bill Berry said that. They were annoyed that it's called Swan Swan H, which they felt was pretentious, and they because they thought of, they thought it was just called Swan Swan Hummingbird. Hummingbird. Yeah, it's almost like a wolves comma lower situation. Yes, but um, I don't know. Doesn't doesn't shit like that that confuses you? That's it, it's almost like the 
making the track strong and the sides confusing. Like, yes. doesn't that add to the mystique yeah. of like, hey, we're not explaining everything. Yeah. We're not giving it all to it's you. It's part of what was making them cool. It's and like it was, it's not like you're buying a, like a romantics record and right. they, hey, here are all the songs. Here's a picture of the band. This is what we look like. Like us. It's why Michael Stipe was in charge of all the art direction the art and everything. And all, yeah. Um, this is the final track on the record and this is well, let's just go into it. This is a cover, by the way, of a band called The Click. Uh, but I didn't know it was a cover when it came out. This is Superman. And I'm going to play it right right now. This is the movie Godzilla, by the way. Oh, it is? I always wondered what it was. This was a big hit. Yeah. Where I was. Um, yeah. On like college radio. Again, college not radio, like a mainstream. Yeah. This is Mike Myers singing. Isn't this the only cover ever on an album of theirs? Uh, on is. like an official album. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, which is, I think why it's not really, it wasn't on Eponymous, no. their best of. Uh, but it was a little hit. I didn't even know it was a cover. I just assumed it was yeah. their song. This is one that, that we used to play. Uh Whenever we grab the old get fiddles. Oh, really? I bet um, it's fun to play. Yeah. Um, and this is another reason why I felt like this couldn't be side two because I was like, their big hit can't be the last song right. on the record. So it was this, Fall On Me. Those were the two singles. Yeah. I Believe wasn't a single. Is that right? I don't think, they, I don't think there were a lot of singles for this, which is weird when you realize like what a huge album it was but and then on eponymous Flowers of guatemala maybe was that a, i don't think they were actually, I, think, I don't like know. wikipedia just lists those two songs i should singles. have that book with us because it has all that shit yeah on. yeah um great record every I mean, song Jesus even even the filler the minute 25 them fucking around is like cool in a way yeah um, every song impeccably written. They get to the choruses, and, and when we say get to the chorus, that's just because we we are Weird. we can only play snippets here. Yeah. It's so it's handy for us here, but we do enjoy when you kind of hold off and yeah push the chorus. Who are you talking to? When you? I don't know. I have no idea. There's an imagine. <laughs> is there a person? Is it an imaginary musician? Let's run through some B sides real quick. This is tired of singing trouble, which is just a little kind of one off. Uh, so we sing it live a lot. Yeah. It's kind of like a. Isn't it old spiritual or something? No, but they wrote it. That's it. Oh, sounds did? like one, but they wrote it. Oh, really? It sounds like him and Mike kind of fucking around in the yeah, studio yeah, yeah. a little bit. It's cool. I like it. Um, this is bad day. Now, this didn't come yeah. out until uh, recently, and then they re-recorded it for a best of. Um, but it's sort of the precursor to End of the World as... Yeah, it is. A public service announcement it's totally End of the World. 
It sounds like they reworked this into It's the End of the Yeah. For sure. There's a song called PSA and then Bad Day. Then they recorded it for like 2005 is when yeah, I put super it. late best of yeah where it was it was almost like I heard it then saying like oh wow a return to form but yeah. it's just a cool song but not uh, essential certainly this is mystery to me which is another song that I like this. This is kind of the old REM sound yeah. anyway. I like it. Um, next up is theme from Two Steps Onward. Are you are you going on all the uh, Athens demos? Is that what you're playing? Uh, no, the uh, this is uh, this is off the complete rarities. Don't be a stranger. Don't be a shadow. Cool song sounds kind of like something like you'd put in a movie or it sounds yeah. like movie score almost. They tried All the Right Friends again for this album. Right, which I don't think I have. This is um this is a real B-side. This is Rotary 10. Oh yeah. Which on Dead Letter Office they say this is a movie theme without a movie. Yeah. Sounds like a like a David Lynch Twin Peaks song. Yes. Badalamente. Do you have this one swan H demo? I do not. I love it's so great. It's really majestic and it's very different than what they ended up putting on the record, which I love, but it's different. What's this? Oh, is this uh Toys in the Attic Aerosmith cover? Did they record this during um Life Switch Pageant? Yeah. I like this. Now, when they put this out, this is, uh, I got this in 87 or whenever Dead Letter Office came out. And uh, at the time, Aerosmith is, I think they were doing Dude Looks Like a Lady and all this kind of stuff, right? This that is was a, like 87, yeah. So yeah, so, I, so it was, it was you know, Aerosmith was kind of corny, I yeah. think, at the time. And so I was surprised uh, reading the liner notes where they say, if you grew up in the seventies, you liked Aerosmith and this one is always, and I was yeah. like, Oh, like Aerosmith could actually be cool. Yeah. Aerosmith. That's a great song. That does sound fun to play. It does. does. Um, this is from the Athens demo. These these are a couple of songs that uh, were n- not released. This is a little trifle called Out of Tune. wonder why they didn't put this on the album. <laughs> do, 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 do. It kind of sounds like a song you'd put in between a song. Yeah. You know what I mean? Of like, just like fucking around. Just listen to how rad Mike Mills and Bill Barry are. Mm-hmm. And then this uh, this is a song called Wait, which they've never oh, yeah. put out. Uh, but it's kind of a cool song. It's very commercial, actually. I think they played this for a long time, like from the early days. Yeah.
they put out a real version of this. Because he's no. just saying la la's. No. And then he's kind of off key once it goes into a key change because he's like taken no. taken aback of like, oh, there's a key change. Uh, it's a cool song, though. Yeah. Oh, I was thinking of something else. I don't think this is from the early days. So. I don't know. Um, hey, maybe it is. Who cares? Who cares? Do you have that? Comprehensive. Uh, that uh, Swan Swan H? I don't. The demo? Can I, I don't. Play? Here we go. Ugh. Trying to get this. Yeah. Fuck you. Fuck you. This is the Swan Swan H demo. This is the Athens demo. This came out on the uh, deluxe version of the record, and Adam has queued it up. It's just more kind of a full band sound on it. Noisy cats are weak, and doggy boys cross. I really like it. I like it. Oh, here's the All the Right Friends they tried. Turn it down if you're going to talk. Jesus. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is that one. I wonder why they just never They just never did it. We t- in fact, we talked about this demo. Um, it sounds really cool. Yeah. I like it. Nope. <laughs> Not today, my friend. I ain't falling for your bullshit. <laughs> Um, and that is Life's Rich Pageant, a classic record. After listening to it, I, I you know what? I approached it with some trepidation yeah. of like, is this going to hold up? Yeah, I, yeah. I, because when we talked about doing the show, we, you had said, what's what's your favorite record? And I said, nah, I don't know, maybe Life's Rich Pageant? And then I, I haven't listened to it in maybe a decade all the way through. Oh, really? And I was like, okay, is this, yeah. how's this going to hold up? And it held up. What oh, are you I'm doing? glad. You're fucking with your mic at the I end of trying, finally <laughs> trying to move it. Um, I hope people are who weren't familiar are discovering these records by the from this podcast. Who Maybe. knows? I mean, people did. It's so people say they like you too from listening to our last one. Yeah. So maybe people like REM now. Although, yeah. who knows? Maybe they hate it. Maybe. Taking one last sip before we go, eh? <sighs> <laughs> you have any final words about life's rich pageant? I'm just looking right here. I see Carl Tart, 2017. Yep. Love that guy. Love that guy. He worked on Ghosted. Yeah. Listen, uh, great record. Mm. It was fun discussing it with you. Mm -hmm. I hope people will go out and get this record. It's great. Purchase it. Purchase this record. And and go to live music shows. Sure. I saw Jeff Tweedy last night. He was sitting there. Playing music right in front of me. Like just strumming his his six strings. His guitar. Oh, boy. Live music. Live music. Speaking of music, let's take you out with a little bit of it. That's another episode for this week. We'll see you next time when we talk about R.E.M.'s commercial breakthrough document. What are you pointing at? Are we not going to do deadline? No, we've office? already done all this. We've yeah, already right. done the songs. Yeah. Uh, we're going to talk about document next week. Uh, speaking of dead letter office, here's bandwagon off of it. We'll see you next time. We hope that you have found what you're looking for. Bye. I'm Cameron Esposito. And I'm Maria Butcher. And we're stoked to bring our long-running stand-up podcast, Put Your Hands Together, to Earwolf. Yay! (laughs) Every week we record PYHT 
live here at the UCB Theater in Los Angeles. Recently, we've had sets or chats from folks like Sarah Silverman and Hari Kondabolu. We've had earwolf faves like Paul F. Tompkins, James Domian, Nicole Byer. It's the opportunity to be at a live stand-up show hosted by two wives in your ears wherever you live. You can listen or subscribe right now on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or Earwolf.com. This has been an Earwolf production. Executive produced by Scott Ackerman, Chris Bannon, and Colin Anderson. For more information and content, visit Earwolf.com. Hey, Queeros, it's me, Cami Esposito, and I'm here to tell you about my podcast, Query. You can sit in on hour-long conversations between me, Cameron Esposito, and some of the brightest luminaries in the LGBTQ family. Query explores individual stories of identity, personality, and the shifting cultural matrix around gender, sexuality, and civil rights. Plus, it is fun. We have had some incredible guests. Uh, Emmy winner Lena Waithe? Yes, definitely. Congressman Mark Takano? You bet. L Word creator Eileen Shaken? Yes. President and CEO of Glad Sarah Kate Ellis? We definitely have. We've got celebs. People like Trixie Mattel, Evan Rachel Wood, Tegan and Sarah, the band, and the people separately on two different episodes. We also have activists and change makers in our community. I think it's a one of a kind show full of chats you have never heard before. It's identity, it's community, it's query. You can find query every Monday on Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Go spread the word. When you get a fresh, hot McCrispie from McDonald's and you can feel the heat coming through the bag, don't try to wait till you get home. Always respect hot chicken. The McCrispie, only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.